This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. Dear friends, we live in a single glorious reality. We used to accept the notion that there might be two ways to approach reality, of course, from the viewpoint of science, materiality, and the viewpoint of spirituality. But as we know, science and religion are mutually exclusive. When it comes to understanding what our one reality is, they can't both be right. So how can you and I find the truth? Well, it turns out there is a fact-based spiritual source of evidence about what really is going on when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead we get an amazingly complete picture of our one reality and what we learn from the dead about reality is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of jesus isn't it glorious to know that both of them are right in a way it brings everything together Our guest for the second time is my wonderful friend, Diane Collins, who blows my mind. She has devoted her life to trying to figure out how we can best create the results in our lives that we desire, which, when you come to think of it, is the whole point of doing everything, right? What we're trying to do is master our lives, and she has it down. She's a zealous student of physics and metaphysics, and eventually, working all of this together, she created the Quantum Think Model, which is a way to embody the wisdom of science and spirituality to powerfully improve our lives. I love her book, although it blows my mind. Welcome again, Diane. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much, Roberta. I love <laughs> everything you've been saying in your the way that you introduce your show, and thank you so for the gracious introduction of me. I love being in conversation with you and with every one of your listeners. What happened the last time that that Diane was with us because this is an area that I love, we're all on slightly different voyages, and my voyage isn't to understand this stuff. It's basically to gush over it, and she's so right about all these things. So this poor woman, I had her on as my guest, and I ended up gushing most of the time that we spoke. So I wanted to have her back so that we could really listen to her explaining what it is that she's discovered and what it is that we can use of what she's discovered to really make the most of our lives. It's just the core reality is our minds are part of the eternal creative force that brings forth the universe continuously. Not, not started it, but continues to make it work. That force of which our minds are a part is the only thing that's real. So when you understand that, you understand that the work that Diane is doing is really common sense, but it's just at such a high level. Uh, well, let, let, I'm, I'm not going to continue to do this, Diane. I'm going to turn it over to you. But just, <laughs> just, 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 
I love your gushing, though. <laughs> the gushing is good. You did good gushing, Roberta. Somebody did to write, needed to write this book, and it was you, and I'm grateful to you to do it, for, that you've done it, because I'm not sure that anyone else could have, and I've talked with a number of people with knowledge in this field, but you've done an extraordinary job. The book is called Do You Quantum Think? New thinking that will rock your world. And Diane has a whole institute devoted to, to teaching people how to do this. Tell us briefly about your history, and then we'll delve into the, the, the mysteries. Oh, did you say the history or the mystery? <laughs> maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's both. Yeah, yeah, you know, there, there'll be people who didn't hear our previous podcast. I urge you to go back and look for it, by the way, everyone. But um, Tell us a little bit. Okay, about- let me give, tell you a little bit, a different version. I don't remember <laughs> every time someone says, what is quantum thing? I scratch my head. I go, mm-hmm, let me see. How is it going to come through this time? But, you know, it's very interesting, Roberta. Uh, I like the way you said that mind is, how did you say it? The continuum of it is the creative source. But what happened for me uh, very briefly, is that I was born, um, it, you know, questioning. I was born a metaphysician into metaphysics, always looking at the bigger picture and uh, wondering how does the world come to be the way it is, all the big questions that all of us have, right? What is life? What is my purpose? What are we doing here? What should I be doing here? And by the way, how can I get good at doing whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing? Right. And uh, as I looked at that, and I was able at a very uh, young and tender age, as it, at its early teens, where I discovered that there was this discrepancy in the world, you know, in the mundane, everyday world that we live in on earth and that the discrepancy was about how we aspire to be what we would like to do the virtues that we all want to live and be masterful with compassion unconditional love all the good stuff and joy in our hearts kindness in our souls for one another and yet you turn on the news and it didn't seem to match up. So right. what I was going to say is that, you know, at the tender age, probably around 15, I realized the only way it could happen was through a leap in consciousness, through an awakening of consciousness. Now, I don't know how I knew that at that age, but we're all here as you said, this book came through me. I look at it and say, really? How did I yeah, do that? Right. So we're all here. <laughs> you know, and I did want to talk about that for everyone. I want to get a little bit into that purpose because purpose relates, you know, your topic is uh, a great topic around what the the thin veil between what we call life and death. And I think that soul, S-O-U-L, and purpose has a lot to do with that too. But anyway, we'll get back to that. I'm giving the short story of my story, which I consider is really our story. And, right. you know, so I realized that it would take a leap of consciousness and that we had to wake up and realize that 
we're not matching the what we aspire to do and what I wanted to find the missing link. And so, of course, along the way, you run into, as you think, so you become, our habits of thinking generate our experience of life moment by moment, give rise to all of our actions, including our speaking act, speaking and listening, which is also a type of action, and w- what we actually do in action in the physical world and the goals we set and how we uh, relate to one another, which, of course, is the basis of all of life, our connection to one another. And uh, that if I realized or I asked, well, if all you had to do was change your thought to change the world, why does it still look the way it does? Right. Why couldn't it just be easy? And that's when I came across what I call my great revelation, which is that thinking takes place in a system, as a system, that we're not just having independent, you know, random thoughts, even though sometimes it appears that way. And we all like to think of ourselves as independent free thinkers. But everything in this universe, including cosmically and in the mundane world we live in, is set up in systems, thank goodness, because that makes it easy to go into the supermarket and (laughs) buy what's on your list rather than looking through every 100,000 items. So when you look at it, a system takes you with it. It's like a vortex, a vortex of energy. So when you begin to look at thinking as a system, what I discovered is our dilemma in today's world is that we are in this great transitional time, and it's wonderful. And all of this cutting-edge digital technology has helped it along and tremendously to bring the world together to enable shows like yours, Roberta. And yet, you could say it this way, uh, we're in a quantum age we have not only from technology, but the science that enables this technology. These scientific discoveries are a world apart from the scientific discoveries that began with rational science in the 17th century, which gave rise to the industrial age, or what's sometimes called scientific materialism. So the dilemma, we're in a quantum age, Yet, our thinking is still very much conditioned by the beliefs and assumptions and ideas that come from the industrial age. So just a few of the differences, just to, you know, this is the the preface to our conversation, is that the what I lovingly call the old world view, you know, I call old world view, new world view of the quantum age, which the quantum think system of 21 principles distinguishes and has us enable us to live it, to embody it. That's the purpose of it. But the old world view said only physical matter is real. That was the declaration of science. Right. And so when you look at what characterizes it, I'll just give it the old world view says objects are solid and fixed. That's the way it is, circumstances. The new worldview says we're in a universe. 
of energy in flux, informed by intelligence. Everything is shifting and changing in every moment. And the human consciousness, our own awareness, where we choose to place our awareness, becomes the focal point for what actually manifests in reality. So these are two entirely different ideas. Right. You know, one is fixed and changed. You know, circumstances, oh, we can't do anything about it. You know, like try That's to right. like, exert some kind of hard work and energy to get something to happen where that, or I say old worldview circumstance rules, new worldview intent rules. Intent is one of what I call the five natural faculties of mind, as you pointed out, beautifully said. The big paradigm shift in science is from matter as the basis of reality from which everything derives. The shift is to mind as the basis of reality. That's right. From which everything derives. Now, you and I know that still a lot of the scientific community still isn't quite up to speed. Oh, my goodness, yes. (laughs) And that's where, that's right, but this is where my work comes in. Because what I'm saying, Roberta, is that what we need now, we know we're in a time of restructuring of all of our institutions and societal, uh, you know, uh, structures and systems because those structures and systems were born of that old way of thinking oriented around the physical, the ordinary five senses, the medical institution. It's, you know, they haven't looked yet. They're starting a little looking holistically that, but anyway, what I was going to say, we're all in this restructuring. So we need to have a structure of thinking. It's kind of like I've been thinking of it as a container for thinking, a framework from which to think that can hold, that does hold these new scientific discoveries that are now verifying much of what the perennial ancient spiritual wisdom has known for you know, since the recording of of time or, you know, recording of what we know to be true about the nature of reality and how it works. So what does that mean to us? It means, wow, again, if we can take a literal, and I do mean this literally, quantum leap in consciousness in the two different framework for that correct more correctly more accurately characterizes the nature of reality and how it works then we are thinking in sync with the nature of nature and that's what quantum think is quantum think which i registered trademarked in 1997 the body of knowledge but the book just came out the last few years is uh, because my husband, Alan Collins, who's the master quantum thing coach, and I have been actually presenting this work in corporations and government agencies to the general public via teleconference uh, programs 
for more than 20 years now. So, and then I thought, well, I got to get it into a book so everyone can access it because it, <laughs> right. we know it works. It's not just, hey, let's quantum thing. Why not? No, these are, it's like uh, putting it all together into 21 principles and practices for the mind and awareness where you connect to your own awareness of these principles. What are the principles? Holistic and holographic, the observer effect, thinking from infinite possibility, the notion of, it's not just a notion, the faculty of mind that's called allowing. How does that work? And it goes on, of course, you know, energy and flux, resonance for 21 principles, so I won't name them all. But the idea, Roberta, is that we make this leap. And we have a new structure for the way that our thinking is guided. And when we are in this new, expanded, more accurate and up-to-date nature of reality and its characteristics, then what happens, it becomes quite natural and, no, quote, normal to be in the kind of conversations that you are in with your guests, where it's not alternative to know that we can communicate in other non-physical dimensions. In fact, we're communicating in, a, in, in the or incarnate in this body, now that I think of it, the topic of mind, the, the, the nature of mind is non-material. Yes. And we know, even in a logical sense, if you never knew anything about consciousness or quantum or anything, that everything that's ever been invented by humankind begins with a thought. And thought, by its nature, is non-material. So we're already communicating, even in a physical body, in these non-material realms of yep. thought, of spirit, yep. of energy. Absolutely. It's so simple when you express it. I, I hate to break, but we just need to break briefly. When we come back, um, we're going to get more specifically into Diane's book. I just have to say parenthetically, the book is called do you quantum think? And I, what I, I couldn't put it down, partly because it's so entertaining. Uh, it sounds a little heavy maybe when we talk about it, but it's light as air when you read it in the book and exciting. You can't, the, the pages just turn themselves. But meanwhile, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Secret Bird of, <laughs> oh Lord. You have me so wound up, I can't even speak now. You're listening to, to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Our guest today is the brilliant Diane Collins. And we'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. 
Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available for free on iTunes, and it turns out I've just learned there are 150,000 people who already subscribe after 16 months. Thank you, thank you, dear friends. Whether you listen live or download our podcast, you can listen later. Thank you for being part of this journey with me. We're doing this together. Today we're talking with my wonderful friend, Diane Collins, who was way ahead of me in this, Diane. You were doing this in the 90s. I could, you know, barely figure out how to tie my shoes in the 90s. I think it's wonderful that you're so far ahead of us. But the book well, is called Do you, Do You Quantum Think? And we all, it turns out, are really thinking in a quantum reality. But as Diane points out, if you don't know what you're doing, you're probably creating chaos. So let's, we have the most powerful energy source ever devised which is our minds and if we can harness that energy that powerful powerful mind energy and all of reality is nothing but energy and your mind is what makes it what brings it forth if we can harness that we can do anything as jesus said let's bring jesus in he said if you want to tell this mountain to go get yourself into the sea and you do not doubt but believe that you can do it with your mind, your mind will make it happen. So that's a little goal for us all, I guess, to get our minds that, that harnessed. But go on, Diane. Talk about um, what where you, we've got your history. Talk about how someone can approach your, your book or approach the methods that you use to, to um, make our lives to empower our lives, get, to, to turn our minds on and rev them up so they can give us the best possible life. Great. <laughs> Thank you. First, I want to, well, I, I will give, first I want to give the, meth, the method, and then I want to talk about the five natural faculties of mind and how they relate. Because quantum think, the idea of it is to put all this together and to become masters, as you said with these five natural faculties of mind, intent, intuition, subtle energy, resonance, and, and meditation. But I just wanted to say, uh, I love that you're quoting from Jesus because, obviously, one of the great masters of all time, and, you know, what he was saying, what the Buddha was saying, but it right. reminded me of a book that made a very big difference in my life um, again when I was much younger I'm younger no wait a minute I'm getting younger every day I forgot I forgot for a minute but anyway I say ageless we're ageless right so but anyway you know that has to do with energy too but that's another that's another topic for another day but what I was going to say when you were quoting from Jesus it reminded me of the book autobiography of a yogi did you ever read it um i know i've read parts of it i know of the book but i've been so narrow and focused in my research i haven't read the whole book 
Well, it is quite a big book, but I thought, you know, it took me a while to get to it when I was younger, and somebody gave it to me. But anyway, it's a very briefly, the story, it's an autobiography of someone who, Yogananda is his name, who has since passed to the other side, but he was called upon, uh, his, you know, spirit called upon him, he was from India, to come and bring yoga to the West. Now, what they was meant by yoga is not just hatha yoga, the physical yoga is one form, where you sit cross-legged and you do the postures, the asanas and the breathing. It means, uh, it has a meaning that's some, I've heard different meanings, but it really means union with the self, with the higher self, with a capital S. And so he was told, go and bring yoga to the West. And he was one of the first, what we call Indian gurus, to do that. And the reason that it reminded me of his book, which is amazing, because I thought, wow, this guy's <laughs> telling you the story of how he yeah. became a guru. And I thought, yeah. that, that's pretty far out. And um, he wisely, since he was writing for Westerners, and Western Westerners are largely uh, Christian in terms of you know, the religion that people are born into. Right. And so he quoted all throughout the book from Jesus to show what we're talking about. Right. To show universal wisdom. It's universal. That's what it means. It's yeah. common. It may be expressed in different ways. But it's something when we hear, you know, when somebody reads a book or they read my book or your book and they go, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Well, yeah, it is familiar because universal wisdom is universal wisdom. And we're all here to reflect that to one another. But anyway, so getting to the, the method of quantum thinking is what I call the art of distinguishing. It's an art. And, you know, we teach, when we work in consulting with senior leaders and corporate corporations and entrepreneurs, we emphasize, Roberta, how important this is. But in a way, in today, if you're born into this era, E-R-A, into this particular time, in the unfolding of the play of consciousness, the human unfolding, then this is a very special time where each one of us is being called upon to bring forth our own leadership. It doesn't matter whether you're in a formal position of leadership in a company or your own company or business. You could be a homemaker. You could be a mother, one of the most important jobs in the world. And, no doubt. And there's still, as a mother, you bring leadership forward. But what I'm talking about is bringing your leadership forward in a way that you and only you can bring it forth. The great paradox of being human 
we're universally the same and we're individually unique like the snowflakes, each one unique. We're all born with the proclivity for different interests, passions. We're born with talents, gifts. We're, we're given through our destiny and our free will that goes along with it. Different experiences of people, of countries, of languages we speak, of the profession that we're drawn to, all of it, our interests, our hobbies. This is what enables us to live our purpose. And this is comes from our soul evolution. Anyway, I went on that tangent, but <laughs> I, it's not a tangent, but I wanted no, to get no. back to. So what I'm doing, what is the art, why I call the art of distinguishing a new worldview of learning? Because it is through what we would call an experiential event. I would say experiential experience. It sounds like devil talk. But when we experience something, it integrates into our way of being. It's something that becomes unforgettable. So even if you're not fully present to it, if you, you never had chocolate, you read about chocolate, you saw pictures of it, you saw videos of other people eating it, you know, with that big, beautiful smile on their face. They read the ingredients of it. You found out how it was grown and, and manufactured. But until you taste it, yeah. all that is conceptual. Right. When you have the experience of tasting chocolate, you know what chocolate is. You can never forget it. It changes the past, present, and future of your relationship to chocolate. So this is quantum thinking. This is what it's all about. As you read, do you quantum think? And there's also, I have an audio program as well, Quantum Think Audio Coach. But anyway, whether you're listening or reading or hearing it live right now, we're hearing it live, <laughs> live and in person with Roberta and Diane so, and all of everyone else. But anyway, when you're reading it, the intent of it is to connect to your own awareness in the present moment in such a way that you have an experience of an expansion, of an awakened awareness, of a transformation, of a new relationship with that which you are reading about. Because as I say, I'm not telling us something that we, I'm not telling you something you don't already know at some aspect of your being. I think that's important. Every, that's true. That's that right. is so important. What I'm doing is I'm presencing it in such a way that you connect to it. And that's what I call the art of distinguishing. And you know why? So, that's the method because, you know, I was, my frustration as when I was younger is like, this is all conceptual. You know, this is chocolate on the wrapper instead of in my mouth, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to know how we can go from knowing the wisdom 
living it, to being the walking, talking embodiment. So that's the method. How does it work? Why does it work? That's why. If you read this book as information, it'll be maybe titillating for the mind, right? But that's oh, not I think it's perfect. like can it's like candy for the mind in some ways because <laughs> right. as, as you say it resonates very deeply with the reader and and you make it playful and you make it kind of fun and um, I I just it the pages turn themselves because the reading of it is so enjoyable but I'm you're so right I'm glad you said it because I like <laughs> entertainment right so I thought yeah. and I use even the 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 analogy of TV of a TV premise when you're writing a TV series it's like okay what's the premise what happens next and why should I care so I do ask those questions for the reader <laughs> okay no, but, I'm telling you this why should I care okay and that, but, but so it, thank it you for heavy as we, as we talk about it I think it sounds heavier than it is. It is it is the it to me it was like eating the chocolate because it it connects with your mind to read your book connects with your mind on a level below the theoretical um, it connects very deeply and makes you sort of engages you in the notion that there is so much more that you can be doing with your mind than you heretofore had thought I think it's important people understand your mind is energy it's extremely powerful energy we've cut we've now come thanks to Max Planck and the other quantum physicists, and frankly, all physicists now, to understand that all reality is energy. It's not solid. It's not clockwork. So your mind is of the same stuff that you're trying to influence, and that's why it works so beautifully. We are, exactly. We're, we're using our mind to influence a reality which is, of, which is energy and is less powerful than our mind. So we can knock, <laughs> knock it over, but we have to know how and what... What Diane's book does is to is to give you what you need in order to be able to really use your mind at whatever level. I mean, I could see if I had time and and this were my voyage, I would use this book to become very powerful in terms of literally doing magic stuff with my mind. I mean, I think you can use it that way. But to me, it's just a deeper way of thinking about what the world is. It makes you feel more powerful even before you're using your mind in a more powerful way. This is an extraordinary book. I'm recommending it to everyone. Um, it's a it's a thick book, but it's a fun I'm so book. Happy. <laughs> I'm so happy you're saying this. But let let me give a few. Uh, I wanted to get into the five natural faculties of okay, mind go ahead. a little Let's bit. Let's do it. To say something specific, but you know you're right, and I did. I wrote it to make it easy. I don't. I don't. I like the end of suffering. You know, call me a Buddhist, <laughs> whatever yeah. you. Want. It's like let's. Why do we have to suffer? And as I say, it, the mantra of quantum think is: when you master your mind, you master your life. Well, since we were brought up in an educational system which didn't pay any attention to mind. Well, right. of course, we didn't learn anything about it. We learned about the brain. We learned about, you know, the psychology, all the analysis of, you know, no one can prove any of that anyway. But we didn't learn about intent, intuition, how to use subtle energy. That's what I, so that's what this is, What that's what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, the good news is nothing is fixed and solid, even though, right. In our perception, we perceive it that way. The good news is that we can shift our experience in a moment. 
Now, that means in what I call the relational field, we live in fields of energy in, that is informed by intelligence, intelligent energy. So you're saying, yes, it's energy. It's intelligent energy. That's sort of like if God gave us, he said, okay, like a kid, right? And you say, okay, you want to build a little reality here? Here's your clay. Now, use your imagination. Create a scene, you know? Create a life. Create a home. Right, right, right. It's right. like the clay of our existence is our own mind, our faculties of mind, with the main one being the dynamic of intent, what I call the central dynamic of creation that we have been divinely bestowed with by human birthright is the dynamic of intent. Now, what is intent? I make a distinction between intent and intention, which are often used interchangeably. Right. I don't use them that way. And here's the importance of it, because if you think of intention as a future goal, so it's still, you know, along the lines of thinking and energy that follows the thought, but it's for something in the in the future, an end result. That's good. We need those two. But I'm using intent in a shamanic sense, recognizing from a quantum worldview that we are in these fields, and the fields are intelligent, and we can shift the resonance of the field. So. How do we do it? With intent. So intent, I call it the activation of the energy intelligent field according to a certain set of probabilities. So I don't want to get, it's not technical, it's easy. But it's like when I create an intent for, let's say, um, my, I am overjoyed of, how wonderfully loving and intimate my family life is. Now, that's not a descriptive statement. See, the old worldview, circumstance rules. You look in the data and you attempt to describe the way it is. Right. And it becomes, it trains you, all of us, subliminally, we don't realize it, to think that that's the way that person is, that's the way the government is, that's the way that's that the way politician it is. is. It's unchangeable, right. it's immutable, yes. Exactly. Now, the new worldview, when I create a statement of intent, I'm saying it with the awareness that I'm creating that as a context that I'm choosing to live from. Not because it's, quote, the truth, not even because I have evidence for it, because I know in every moment that I have, that there is infinite possibility and how we hold something in our awareness is what is shaping the reality of it, the experience and the reality and our emotional response to the meaning of whatever we say. So right. this means, in short, rea if reality is not fixed, like out there somewhere to be described, or as my mentor, friend, and who wrote the, the, the foreword to Do You Quantum Think, Dr. Fred Allen Wolf, to quote him exactly, there ain't no out there, out there. It's how we <laughs> right. hold it. That's what he says. 
how we hold whatever, right, the situation, another person, how we relate to ourselves, is giving us our experience and shaping the trajectory. And shaping, intent, activates that field, narrows down infinite possibility to a field of many results that will be consistent with that statement that I'm choosing to live from. I'm choosing to live from, I'm I'm overjoyed at the way my family relationships are unfolding. This is so difficult. We've got a break again, but when we come back, I'm going to tell you that I now realize why I've been able to be married for 42 years. So stay tuned (laughs) for that. We want to hear that, Roberta. (laughs) (laughs) This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. When you understand all the implications of that, including the things Diane is telling us today, it's going to change everything in your life. Our guest today is the extraordinary Diane Collins. We'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking today with Diane Collins, who has just given me insight into my own life. Um, Nobody who's been married for 42 years uh, is going to say it's been 42 years of uncheckered bliss. There were times I would have paid you to take my husband to tell you the truth. (laughs) But But the way I managed it was this. I always said to the world and said to myself, this is wonderful. I am happy in my marriage. Everything is terrific because I had children. I had a mother-in-law I loved. I had everything. I, I, I was sticking with it. And, and what was surprising to me, Diane, is that over time, what I said was manifested in my marriage. I mean, if you are married and your, your marriage isn't perfect, try telling yourself, your husband or, or wife, and the world that indeed it is and everything is wonderful because truly it is wonderful and it has been now for many years. I had never met you, Diane, but I'm sorry. I've been practicing this all my life, it turns out. Um, I think it's exciting. It's real. I can testify it really works. It absolutely does, and I want to make a couple of distinctions in what you're saying, and I love it. You know, I do it too, but 
with my husband, believe me. We work together, we live together, we love each other. We have a we have a really <laughs> we have a great relationship. It's not but it doesn't mean it's as you, the panacea. But the idea is to be able to live from that context. So I wanted to make a couple of distinctions. First of all, that what we're talking about in science is called the observer effect. And what that refers to, this is a central, core, uh, major discovery of quantum physics, of quantum science. Yes. The idea that the instrument of observation had an effect on that which was being observed. So you could never get an exact picture of the external reality because everything really is interconnected and interrelated in a continuous exchange, energetic, intelligent exchange. So quantum think is not about science. It's about how we can use the discoveries of science to newly shape our thinking. And in your case, if you've been already thinking that way, to be able to distinguish it so that you can access it as it, at a deeper, in a deeper way. So because you could already be doing it, but when you distinguish it and you go, oh, that's how it works, that's the principle at work, that makes it even more powerful. So one thing that I wanted to say about your 42 years and saying, you know, we have a great marriage is that because it it is a choice, right, but it doesn't mean, it means you're, you're operating from that context and from a quantum perspective, context is everything. There's no absolute way that anything is, except if you want to think about eternal God, we're not talking about that. We're talking about everyday human life. So the first thing is that's a scientific fact, the observer effect. Now, when you apply it, the instrument of observation is shaping what we see. What's the instrument of observation for human beings? What we hold in mind. So if you're holding, now this is the difference. The second distinction I want to make is the distinction between what we could call positive thinking and quantum thinking. It's not the same. Positive thinking is, and I want to say, it's always good to have positive thoughts. So we're not talking about that. This is a little subtle difference. Positive thinking is trying to put a positive spin on top of a negative assumption that you're holding as the truth. So if you think, you know, next year I'm going to generate a million dollars in my business but you're holding an assumption underneath. My parents never made that much money. Nobody in my family did. I'll never make it. That's what they say in the literature. It's in my subconscious. It's not going to happen. You know, Uh if you're holding any of those thoughts as, quote, the truth, then that positive spin on top of that negative, what we call in our business, an unaware intent, because intent is creating the resonance of the feeling tone of your being, what we emanate and what we emanate, we attract. So until you can get this very fundamental, most important principle of a quantum worldview, that there is no fixed way that it is, that just because you have a thought 
even if you have evidence for it, you're a lawyer, you understand evidence, right? Uh-huh, right. Even if you have evidence. No, but my husband really doesn't listen. <laughs> that does not make it the truth or fixed in any way. And if you want to live in that in a fixed way, then you're not, you know, it's not serving you, your husband, your relationship, or other people who are listening to you complaining about it. So what's the solution here? Or what's the difference? Quantum thinking is realizing the nature of intent, the faculty of mind that is the central dynamic that we create with. Intent is the same thing as generating a context to live from consciously. When right. you wake up in the morning, when you look at your marriage and you choose, my marriage is wonderful. We have a fantastic relationship, like you. Sometimes, I like what you said, I would have paid someone <laughs> to take him away. Right. And I'm sure he feels like that way about me sometimes. Oh, probably, probably daily. My husband but the point is, me. and you know, there's something that Alan uses sometimes. You know, Alan is my husband and partner. And he used to say to clients, do you consider yourself an honest person? And they'd say yes. And he'd say, well, did you ever steal anything? You know, like little steal a pen from your company. Yes. Okay, but that doesn't mean you're not an honest person. Right. And why does that hold? Because in the feeling tone of that person's being, that intent, which maybe in this case wasn't uh, chosen consciously, but they're still holding it that way, that I'm an honest person. And no matter what you do, I'm an honest person. So if you're right. holding the context, the intent, I'm using it interchangeably, we have a wonderful relationship. Then whatever happens on top of that, you're going to be able to work it out because the foundation is the context that you're choosing to live from. That's how we consciously generate reality. I'll tell you where I got it. Um, one of the, if not the best book ever written, uh, other than the Gospels, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by, by Dale Carnegie. And I loved that book. And one of the things I took away from it was that one of his secrets was to give people a wonderful reputation to live up to. And that mm-hmm. is a profound thing because if you... Tell someone, you know, you're as honest as the day is long, or you're this, or you're that. Even if they're not quite that, they're only a little bit that. You'd be amazed how they start living up to what you've just said. And that, I think, is really what saved my marriage, because I I kept giving him these wonderful, not that he didn't fall short a lot, but I'm sure I do as well. But but by just by shaping the way you think about people, you actually do shape their reality. But it helps if you, of course tell them that they're wonderful in this or that way, that they're not quite yet, but they're becoming wonderful. But what, what we're what but Matt, we're... wait, I don't want to go off of that point because you're making a, such an important point, Roberta. And by the way, this observer effect that Roberta's talking about is a scientific fact in, in the quantum think system, I call it 
we're living in an observer-created reality. It's the number two principle, the core distinction. If you just yes. get this, you'd get everything. That's but right. What, the point that I wanted to highlight about what you're saying is that we create who other people are. As Fred Allen Wolf, quantum physicist and brilliant, one of the most brilliant minds, I think, on the planet today, there's no out there out there. Every yeah. Our reality is what we hold. So even what we think other people think of us, we're creating. Now, that's a mind twister, but also true. So when you, and you know what I do at Christmas time, and we live in a condo building and there's, you know, there's a, a little club here. It's a beach club. And so we're with sort of a, the staff in the building and the club. They're like our family because and they're, you know, serving us every day of the year. They're wonderful. And every year I write a card to each one. And I acknowledge, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm just saying this is a fact because it re regard what you just said, that I acknowledge what I consider to be the highest aspect of them. You know, people say take the high road, take the low road. Like oh, Diane, we, we, I think, they've just let me know we don't have any time left. I, I am just listening and listening to you, and I could listen to you all day. I'm, we're going to have to do this again, and we definitely will. Um, I would love to, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. You bring out the best in people with how you hold them and what you say to them. Let's end yeah. on that. And, and that's the great takeaway from today. We've been talking with Diane Collins about quantum thinking. Next week, we'll be talking with W. Dennis Parker, who's a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and he also helps us understand and harness the powers of our minds. And now, dear friends, go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. Your mind is infinitely powerful, and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.